eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan and love having special guests on Spits and Suds to talk about stars, talk about their careers, and we are so happy to be joined by Brian Ray. You watch Brian in between periods, stars pregame, stars postgame. Him and Brett Severin doing a great job on Valley Sports Southwest, and he joins us today. Kind of a late night last night, right, Brian? Kind of last couple games uh, late nights. They're they're always late. If it's a West Coast game, they're always late. No matter what sport it is, whether it's baseball or or, or up here on uh, on the Stars side, they're always late. And we were we were a little groggy last night, especially after John Gibson. Uh, went uh went off in net for anaheim but, yeah uh, it's fun to be with you man and, yeah me. thank you so much and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in just a second there is one thing on my mind will we ever see a live drop of the mitts between you and sevy never okay never i know it, it's simple it's it's pretty obvious the size discrepancy I would get snapped into <laughs> without a doubt it's a However, one-sided chirp like, relationship like I have with Ludwig you know what no, no it's definitely not one-sided look okay I recognize I recognize the physical discrepancy between me and Sevy and Sevy <laughs> knows I recognize it However, if Sevy throws a chirp at me, I'm not gonna lay down. I am gonna find a way to squawk him back in some fashion. I view it as the little brother, big brother relationship. The little brother knows he's the little brother, but he's gonna take his shot or he's gonna take his swing whenever it comes. So, you know, Sevy's gonna squawk me as much as he wants, and he will probably always have the upper hand. But I'm going down in a blaze of glory if if I have to. That's it, that's the way I've I've determined things now. It really does seem like you guys have good chemistry. When you're off the air, you guys you know, I always love the behind the scenes and, you know, for those listening, you know, let us in. Are you guys watching the game together, comparing notes? Yeah, it's yes. In terms of watching games, we are because usually like we're, we're at every home game. We're watching the road games from the studio that we work from. So as soon as we get off air, 
usually, you know, we each have a dinner, you know, maybe he'll eat it in one place, I'll eat it in the other, but we're both watching the game. Sometimes we'll eat it together, we're both watching the game. And a lot of times, me, Chevy, and our producer, Matt, we're just sort of throwing things out there. Hey, did you notice this? Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I've seen this occurring a couple of times. Do you think there's something there? And, you know, or a, a random situation will pop up. Last night in Anaheim, the two quick whistles. It's like, boy, that was a quick whistle. Second time you see how fired up Tyler Sagan yeah. was. It's like, well, Sagan was involved in the first one. I'd be fired up too. It just sort of turns into a hockey conversation as we're all watching together. And, and from there, we sort of can find the different things we want to talk about. There's stationary stuff we know we're going to do automatically. Like we're always going to get reports from Michelle because she's going to get some good information. We're always going to have stats, but where can we fill in the blanks of just sort of how is a game developing? Um, so yeah, we're always watching games together. And then, you know, the game that was on ESPN against LA, we have a group chat and, Sometimes we're just sort of throwing out random things we notice from a game. Sometimes we're making fun of each other. Sometimes we're posting gifts and memes just to be ridiculous. It's, so it's sort of all over the map. But, you know, at, at practice, Sevi and I will have random conversations about the practice or players or what we did that weekend or some funny thing that happened or a different story that popped up for one of us previously in our in our hockey careers and so a lot of times like if a joke if i make a joke on our show there's a pretty good chance it's an inside joke that somehow occurred on our show <laughs> and i'm doing it to get the crew or somebody behind the scenes to laugh because you got to have fun when you're working sure. you know 70 hockey games especially a west coast game that goes until midnight you know or or, or 12 30 um so it, it sort of comes all over the place. And I know that's a really long answer to your question, but it's sort of like everything is on the table when it comes to to how we interact with our show. He's Brian Ray of Valley Sports Southwest. I guess let's get into the two-game series. So on Wednesday night, I was talking the next morning with Derek Holland in the hallways here at the Fan, and and we were both talking about how great of a hockey game that was. And sometimes when you take a step back, we all want the stars to win. But I was like, that had a playoff atmosphere. It was physical. There was great puck movement, great passing, you know, some terrific defense, some terrific goaltending from both sides. So, uh, you know, tough loss for the stars against the Kings. But then, you know, last night, I, I've always been a Gibson fan. I think he's a terrific netminder. I know the stats say otherwise. That's a tough Anaheim team to be on right now. Uh, they're rebuilding. They do have some nice pieces, but uh, I think you're going to see them trade off a lot of, uh, you know, of the older vets so they can get some more draft capital. Um, but at the same time, I just felt as good as Gibson was, I didn't feel, and maybe it was because of the night prior, I just didn't feel as though the legs were there. And Tyler Sagan said as much when I was watching you guys afterwards. He just said their effort was there. Um, you know, their compete was the word he used. And I w wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. The, I, I agree with you on the LA game. I, I thought it was just a good, tight, checking, hard-nosed, yeah, the closest thing you'll see to like a playoff-style game, It's it felt like everything was going to be below the face-off dots with, with how things were, were going to be won. And then Kempe gets the, the power play goal, obviously. 
that that would be a fun playoff series. Like I would watch oh, that game yeah. four to seven times. I really, and it would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. And I also like LA's LA is not Anaheim and LA's I'll even say San Jose, you know, they, they are a team that is competing in their division for playoff positioning. So they have something to play for and we'll see how long Phoenix Copley can continue this run. He's on for, LA and net amazing because right he's been a big component of it yeah with the Anaheim game I thought look period one I thought the stars looked slow um whether it was the energy from the game before whether it was not having the same motivation playing a team like Anaheim versus LA I'm not sure but but I thought period one they looked slow I thought Anaheim was the better team I thought period two and period three Dallas was better than Anaheim Gibson was better than Dallas. Um, and the one component consistently for me through that Anaheim game, and Stevie and I were talking about this as the game went along, th- they just felt off. Just everything yeah. felt a little bit off. And I think of, you know, there were a couple of guys that, it you know, on, on a power play, Jamie Ben gets a feed through the box. And instead of the one timer, he kind of had to double clutch it for a moment to settle the puck down. And then the stars couldn't make anything happen. I think it was the the second period. There was a rush up ice. There was a cross ice speed to rope a hints. And he kind of bobbled the puck and sort of whoopsie bit trying to, you know, snap off the quick shot. Joe Pavelski had like a toe drag in the third period that sort of, rolled off his stick and he had to regather it was little things like that passes that you usually see connected or quick shots off a pass that you usually see executed there was a hesitation there was a little bit of a double clutch and they just weren't crisp in the same way we've seen them in other games this season you know Peter DeBoer's comments after the games I thought were really good yes it's a bad road trip they lost both games but this isn't something that they're going to get into a panic or a twist about right now because it's not, it's not time for that yet. So I, you know, you don't want to give them a pass on losing a team to Anaheim, a team you should beat, but there are going to be moments in the season where you just don't have your best game and the other team does have its best game. In the case of last night, the goaltender had his best game. And it happened. Yeah, I think I think I think that's a great perspective. Which hopefully they can against yeah. Florida. Yep. Yeah. Then they, they and and the other thing too, and I heard I think it was Brad Marchand was talking about the Boston Bruins after they won the Winter Classic. Yep. Somebody asked him, you know, what what needs to happen next for the Boston Bruins, and he said the season has gone so well for Boston, they actually need a little adversity. They have to deal with something as a team. I think you could look at the same thing for the stars and it, it's okay if they have to deal with a little adversity. They've been virtually the top team in the division since the season began. For the most part, things have gone well because of where they've been in the Western conference standings, a little, a bad road trip, a bad game back to back and dealing with some struggles could be a good thing in the long run. Cause you do need to, build up some scar tissue as a team it's a veteran laden team so there's already a lot of scar tissue built up but for some of the newcomers and and some of the younger players 
scar tissue is not a bad thing. And I think they're starting to deal with some of that right now based on these last two games in LA and, uh, and Anaheim. Well, the other thing I loved was Rupe Hintz returned to the game. And when he tried to get, Oh my goodness. When he tried to get up and then went back down. Yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking in my head, is it two to three weeks? Is it three to four weeks? And I mean, you could immediately, and this is one of the things that uh, I love about hockey. You know, when you take a Joe Pavelski, you know, you know, and the Spit and Chicklets were talking about this on their podcast. Like, how much has Joe, because they were talking about the new Joe Pavelski contract, how much has Joe Pavelski meant in that is Rope Hanson, Jason Robertson, are they that much more, are they just as effective without Pavelski? And I can tell you when Hintz was out of the lineup last night, granted, as we talked about, the Stars weren't playing well, but you could kind of feel the difference. It wasn't for that long, but you could kind of feel the difference. And part of it is is because you have a new line mate, but at the same time, it's that chemistry. And that's one of the things that I applaud DeBoer about. I just felt like in years past, I felt like every game it was a juggle lineup, juggle lineup, and kind of the, you know, well, everyone practices together so they can do this. I understand for momentum purposes, juggling lineups, but when you have health and you have line chemistry, that's so important. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it seems like that line is the one line that hasn't been juggled for the last two years, essentially. And and with I, I've always said the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? You know. Joe Pavelski has made Rope Hints and Jason Robertson much better players by being the presence that he is with those two. But I think jo- Jason Robertson and Rope Hints call it giving Joe Pavelski a new lease on life um, because of the production he's been able to put up in his age, you know, 36, 7, and 38. Amazing. Years. Uh, yeah, it's and it's and it's not that Joe Pavelski would not have been able to do it without those two. It, it's just they, they complement each other well. And there's always I wish I had a good definition of chemistry. It, it's kind of one of those you you don't know how to define it, but you know it when you see it type thing. Yep. And clearly, what you've seen with with the top line is is true chemistry. And yeah, th- it is a different animal when those three are on the ice together playing hockey, as opposed to anybody else with them or any other line for the Dallas stars, it's a great luxury to have. And it, it's going to be a big factor in, in whatever they end up doing this year. But with, with rope hints, like it, think of some of the injuries he's gone through, Yeah, you know, it's the, the, the groin injury or whatever during the COVID shortened season where it was Willie or won't, he was playing every other game, essentially like play a game, take a game off, play a game, take a game off. He had, in the bubble run, he was dealing with some injuries and, and, and labored through it as best he could all, all the way to the series against Tampa. And, and for the shot block he took last night, it's great to see him coming back. But another thing that Sevy and I were chatting about is, and even Essel and Dell, the shot block he took. Okay, they came back. That's a great sign. 
what do they feel like today? Yeah. Once the adrenaline filters out of the system and how does the body react to wherever that puck hit them or whatever type of pain it caused, what does the body react today regarding that? It, it could be nothing. It's good that they have a day off and, and, there, and there's some treatment that can happen if, if it's needed. And they have a few days off until they play Florida, but but it's always the next day for me. It, it, what what does the body look like the next day for the player? How does the body feel the next day? Because there's always the adrenaline factor that sort of allows you to power through a couple of different items when when you're dealing with injuries or or circumstances like that. Yeah, I also like the chemistry between Marchment, Ben, and Wyatt Johnston that's forming, and uh, those two will protect Johnston. Um, kind of allow him to roam free, and uh, I really like Marchment in the corners. Um, I've just seen, you know, he started out so red hot and then there was a cooling off period. And now it just looks like, um, you know, he's finding his game. And I mean, we're celebrating Joe Pavelski, but you remember Brian, when he first came here, there was the whole Matt Zuccarello thing. Should we sign Zuccarello or should we sign Pavelski? And Pavelski got off to a little slow start. And he said there was a transition as far as getting used to your teammates, getting used to your line mates and getting used to a new city. Yeah, I, I don't have their ages off the top of my head. I, I love, like a lot of Stars fans, a lot of hockey fans, I love to play the cap-friendly game. I really do. I do too. And yeah, it's, I, I think we all do. I, I, I think we, we, live, we live in a fantasy sports world. You know, we, we, I'm not a big fantasy sports guy, but it's the world we live in. And being able to, you know, at first you were looking at stats and trying to draft your fantasy team. Now with different sports, you have access to, roster numbers and contract terms yeah. and salary cap restriction. It's just added another layer to that fantasy sports mentality that sports fans have today. But when you look at the Pavelski and Zuccarello comparison, the, the thing you have to remember is, gosh, what was it? It was either a five-year deal at six mil per year that Zuccarello signed, or it was a six-year deal at five mil per year that he signed with Minnesota. But I think he and Pavelski were in that similar age bracket and that's a lot of term at a hefty price to commit to one player at that age so i understand why jim nill and the stars let matt zuccarello walk or decided not to match that contract whatever the circumstances were i i and i fully supported it in in terms of the big picture the Joe Pavelski thing, the, the other wrinkle you have to remember with that first contract, it was a three-year deal and it was the the seven million per whatever it was, but there was no protection in the third year, and that third year was the Seattle expansion draft. So the way that contract was set up was look, we'll we'll give you that term and and it's a fair market value, but you have to prove to us in the first two seasons not to expose you in the third year. So it, both sides got what they want. There was kind of an, you know, and, and there's kind of an out clause on both sides. Well, obviously Pavelski that second year just went nuts. And you saw the chemistry with that line of Rope Hintz and Jason Robertson develop. And he basically told the stars, I'm worth the third year. And absolutely they were going to protect him with what he did. So 
little details that get structured into contracts and, and the Jason Robertson contract and the Jay Hottinger contracts are other ones you can use to sort of dive, to do a rabbit hole deep dive. There's, there's benefits to both sides because there's certain outs for both sides that sort of hold each side accountable. And, and I think that's what worked so well with that Pavelski contract, that first one uh, for the three years compared to maybe what Matt Zuccarello was getting from the Minnesota Wild in terms of the length of that contract. And those are like if those decisions and the salary cap affect GMs on a daily basis. Like yeah. they really every day, general managers and assistant general managers are thinking about the salary cap. That's how much of an influence it is. It is the daily driving force in a lot of decisions for NHL rosters. It, it's, it really is a huge component that I don't think general managers get enough credit for. And even the assistant general manager or whoever the cap guy is gets enough credit for having to maneuver and manipulate the cap as best they can.